Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Issues that dominate America. This is State of the Nation on today's news talk radio, TNT. Yes, this is State of the Nation on today's news talk, TNT. Steve Hook and Brian Hesher McLean with you as we broadcast live from Central Texas and Central Jersey. Uh, well, another one hour is done. We got another hour to go, Hesh, and uh, a big one. Uh, I, I, that was a good hour. I liked uh, the professor we just had on. He was uh, quite enlightening, huh? Yeah, Professor Fleming is great. I'm going to order a copy of his book. He's written over 20 books. He is a prolific writer, and I love that he's gone out there. And we didn't really get to focus on it much. He mentioned it briefly, but, you know, he experienced backlash. They, they, <laughs> his university Imagine definitely, that. yeah, yeah, they, he had to fight to uh, keep his job, if my understanding is correct. So, Professor Bruce Fleming, Thank you uh, for your work and and for joining us. And of course, Michael Schwartz also in that first hour. And if you're just joining us, check out the episodes link up there at tntradio.live. You can find the audio and video streams up there. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, before we jump into uh, ruckus again here, Hash, uh, it looks like House Republicans are moving swiftly to start the impeachment proceedings against Alejandro Mayorkas, Looks like it's going to go down by January 10th. So that's, uh, what, about a week away, uh, a week exactly away. House Republicans are prepping, uh, preparing to begin the process of impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas in the coming weeks, building on a months-long effort by the GOP lawmakers to remove the top border official as he'll, uh, the illegal immigration crisis enters its fourth year and it's i mean it's not just entered its fourth year it's like it's it's like it's going out in a blaze of glory here with the biden administration it's getting worse and worse with each passing day of course according to kjp that's just seasonal this is just seasonal it's like allergies now i guess but uh no it's because the border is wide open so i'm glad to see that house republicans are going to go after him it's important to point out though that it's going to be tough because they have a slimmer lead now than they did uh, so this is not going to be a, a, just a, a rubber stamp impeachment. But if there's one, I mean, there's quite a few members of the administration that deserve to be impeached, starting with the president. But if there's one that is low-hanging fruit, I would think Alejandro Mayorkas would be it, given what we're seeing in uh, city after city uh, across the fruited plain. What do you think about the impeachment proceedings getting underway for Mayorkas, Hesh? Probably too little too late, but let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's prove to the American public that we still have some semblance of America left. Here's a quote from the committee spokesperson on this matter. Quote, the committee will ensure that the public is aware of the scope of Secretary Secretary Mayorkas's egregious misconduct and refusal to enforce the law, but that also this process is completed promptly and accountability is achieved swiftly as the American people have demanded, end quote. So yeah, that's a that's a pretty based uh, statement right there. And yes, as an American, I am demanding this, and I bet you are too. You better know it, buddy. I'm telling you what, it is, it is unbelievable. Uh, here in uh, Jersey, and of course, I'm very close to the New York City metro area. I'm about an hour away from Manhattan. And I can tell you that... Uh, uh, Eric Adams is coming under withering assault. Uh, so is uh, Kathy Hochul. 
Um, my, my workers came out and said, look, we can't do it anymore. And people are going to be sleeping in the streets in the middle of winter in New York city. That's where we're at now. Yeah. Uh, and that's just New York. Yeah. Seasonal. There you go. Seasonal. <laughs> Like so that's, people, uh, like, it, it's ridiculous for KJP to say, "Oh, it's just a, it's just an uptick because of the season." Are you kidding me? From what we're seeing, most of the people don't even know where they're going to end up. Maybe if they're lucky, they can say, "Yes, I've come here to go to, you know, uh, I don't know, Florida," and that's what'll happen. But that's not always the case. We're seeing people being flown places, get, getting on a bus, being sent somewhere, and then being sent somewhere else after that. So they, you know, by and large, they don't have control of where they're landing and it's cold all over the United States right now. Yeah, you're darn right. It is. So my orchestra's scout may be on the line. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out. One more quick hit uh, here. Um, Ruckus, you remember, and we've had on, uh, we've had on, uh, what's her name? Christian uh, Rickey, uh, New Jersey's own Christian Rickey for the Save the Tales Foundation. This is the group that's trying to, uh, stop this massive, massive offshore wind project that stretches all the way from uh, basically Nantucket all the way down to the Carolinas. And get this: here, twenty three was a twenty twenty three was a banner year uh, for the massive offshore wind projects. This uh, last week, they got their first first wind turbine operating. They said it would be up and running by twenty twenty three. They just got one operating the other day. And it's producing a massive uh, five milliwatts or something. I'm trying to find it. Uh, yeah, only only five. There's supposed to be 62 supplying five, uh, supplying 800 megawatts to the grid. So far, they've got one up providing five megawatts to the grid, which is <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so, so there you go. But uh, it's going to continue unabated because there's a lot of money being thrown at this boondoggle. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, environmental pressure to make this happen by the whack job, uh, you know, Marxist communist, I guess, <laughs> and, and the money makers. But that's what's going on. So one wind farm is one turbine is up and running. Hey, listen, if you're enjoying listening to TNT, and we certainly hope you are, if you think we're doing a good job, let us know. Why don't you? Why not leave us a like or a positive review or a comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on TNT, today's news talk. Be a part of the conversation. I want representation I can trust. Have your say. Biden isn't doing enough. This is today's news talk radio, TNT. Okay, well, it is time once again to bring in the aforementioned Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. And this is a, boy, this is a story. <laughs> Federal prosecutors have requested that Ray Epps, the infamous January 6th figure, who many accused of being a federal informant, probably because he probably most certainly was, uh, the DOJ is now saying that he should be sentenced to only six months in prison for his participation in the U.S. Capitol breach of 2021, you'll remember Ray Epps was the guy saying, we're not just going to the Capitol, we're going in the Capitol, we're going in the Capitol. Everybody started screaming, Fed, Fed, Fed. Well, here with the whole story, TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark Ruckus, Ray Epps is going to get a slap on the wrist and maybe six months, probably out in three weeks on good behavior, I'm guessing. <laughs> well, if you keep accusing him of being a Fed, he's going to get absolutely nothing, Steve, because that's how this works. Uh, it's yeah, actually listed so. basically as a mitigating factor is what it's being referred to. The fact that he's been subject to being um, the, the the butt end of uh, conspiracy theories. I, I'm not making this up. I, I wish I was. 
Um, yeah, this is pretty wild. Uh, so yeah, everyone remembers this guy. Um, and yes, there's some new controversy because uh, the Department of Justice is basically asking him to spend no more than six months in jail and face a $500 fine. I think technically his lawyer says he shouldn't spend uh, a single second in jail. Um, so yeah. Uh, that's nice. How does that work? Um, the U.S. Department of Justice acknowledged in its 29-page sentencing memorandum that the Epps case stands alone among Jan 6 prosecutions, not just for its lightning speed, but also for the, quote, compelling mitigating factors, end quote, that led to his pre-indictment plea deal back in September of 2023. Uh, DOG, DOJ Senior Trial Counsel Michael Gordon wrote in the sentencing memo, quote, although Epps engaged in felonious conduct during the riots on January 6th, his case includes a variety of distinctive and compelling mitigating factors, which led the government to exercise its prosecutorial discretion and offer Epps a pre-indictment misdemeanor plea resolution, end quote. Defense attorney Edward Ungvarsky said that Mr. Epps should serve no jail time, arguing that he has been deterred enough, deterred enough by the serious fallout from Jan 6 that included threats to his life and property. He blamed, quote, right-wing political dramaturges, end quote, for Mr. Epps being, quote, attacked, defamed, and vilified, end quote. Under a list of mitigating factors, Mr. Gordon asserted that Mr. Epps, quote, has been the target of a false and widespread conspiracy theory that he was an undercover government agent on January 6th, end quote. Other mitigating factors cited by Mr. Gordon, uh, the actual ones, I suppose, included Mr. Epps calling the FBI on January 8th, 2021 to describe his actions two days prior, his cooperation with the FBI and the now defunct House Jan 6 Select Committee and what the DOJ official describes as his efforts to de-escalate tensions between angry protesters and police. Are we talking about the same person? Uh, a jail sentence is appropriate because of Mr. Epps' efforts, quote, to inspire and gather a crowd to storm the Capitol to protest the certification of the election, end quote. Um, this is what Mr. Gordon wrote. Mr. Epps has been the subject of intense online speculation for nearly three years because he was captured in multiple places on video urging protesters to enter the U.S. Capitol on Jan 6, that you'd think that'd be an open and shut case, right? Uh, this didn't help the fact that his photograph was removed from the FBI's Jan 6 Most Wanted page without any explanation, fueling the fire of debate on why he had, had not faced arrest or prosecution. Then on September 18th, 2023, uh, prosecutors charged Mr. Epps with one count of Woo, this is pretty serious, guys. Disorderly or disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds. That is a petty misdemeanor with a maximum six-month jail term, which is why um, there were some folks who said, hey, this doesn't look right. Let's see. American greatness reporter Julie Kelly noted in a post on, Twix, on X at the time that the charge was far milder than any other charges against other Jan 6 defendants she wrote quote this lame single charge tells us everything we need to know about ray epps no obstruction felony no civil disorder charge not even a trespassing on restricted grounds misdemeanor end quote yeah he just got the proverbial slap on the wrist as you said steve what do you guys think wow it's just so i'm telling you okay what. let me i mean it, let me jump in ahead, for a Ash. second here steve um and just say 
this is this is exactly what a government, a deep state, a intelligence service, a uh, politically motivated federal law enforcement service would do with a federal informant who the public largely considers to be some sort of psychological operation or agent of the government, okay? Of course they're going to give him a six-month sentence. But let's also not forget Enrique Tario was sentenced yeah. for 22 years. Stuart Rhodes, sentenced for 18 years. Joe Biggs, sentenced for 17 years. Zach Rail, sentenced for 15 years. Peter Schwartz, 14 years. DJ Rodriguez, 12 years. Dominic Pizzola, 10 years. Thomas Webster, a retired New York City police officer, 10 years. Now, some of those names I just mentioned, I suspect, are also federal informants. And in the case of Enrique Tario, it's public information that he's been a federal informant. So uh, some of these names are names we're going to want to keep our eyes on to see who actually serves the stated amounts and who actually serves six-month sentences, one-year sentences, even a two-year sentence uh, is suspect in these cases. So, yeah, that's um, I think that's worth considering i think you're right about that hesher it's absolutely worth considering but it's also worth considering they were federal agents or perhaps federal informants under which administration so you know you've also got that going for you so maybe enrique otario was working for the feds under the trump administration who knows i don't know i'm just saying perhaps and therefore he gets no leeway when it comes to the biden doj all I know is that what this does is it absolutely underscores the political malfeasance that went into the whole J6 charade, and I don't think anyone can pretend otherwise. Uh, Ray Epps absolutely was encouraging people to go into the Capitol. He was making sure that everybody heard him. He had a damn bullhorn. He didn't go into the Capitol, though. That's a little bit odd. And also, how come we haven't seen all of the video footage that we've been promised? We've seen a lot of it. Mike Johnson promised he would, and he did. And, uh, of course, a lot of that they're saying, well, we gotta, we're going to have to digitalize out these faces. The FBI had bucket loads of people there. Ray Epps is but one spit in the bucket. There were, there were dozens, if not hundreds, of FBI informants dressed in MAGA hats, dressed in t-shirts, dressed in uh, carrying the Gadsden flag. And uh, the whole thing was a damn setup. And if they're saying this is a mitigating circumstance on why he can only be in prison for six months, well, then what about Tefscher's point? What about Enrique Tario? What about these other cats that that have, have been involved in this? This just reeks to high heaven. And this slap on the wrist, this little soft kiss on the cheek for Ray Epps is only going to exacerbate this uh, th th this quote unquote conspiracy theory cartel that's all over the socials raising hell about this as we speak. That's not going to lessen it any. It's going to increase it even more. I suspect. Yeah, yeah, and and ruckus to to my and Steve's points here. Here's the here's the um, the subtitle at NBC on this article. Ray Epps, a Donald Trump supporter whom conspiracy theorists accuse of being a federal operative pled guilty to a misdemeanor and is set to be sentenced. So there you go. They're throwing the conspiracy theorist Donald Trump supporter tropes around. And this uh, clearly, clearly most 
likely is to address exactly that portion of our zeitgeist here in America. What do you think? Oh, I'm sorry. I scrolled way too fast part, past that on my TikTok feed, brother. And so all I got is <laughs> Donald Trump, conspiracy theorist, guilty. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> See how that works? Yeah. Very clever. Um, yeah, I, I believe here's the official numbers on all of these. This is insane to me. This is still insane. Uh, just in December, which was the 35 months since the incident took place. So, yeah, we're up to three years this weekend. Um the Department of Justice said more than 1,237 defendants had been charged in nearly all 50 states and the District of Columbia uh, over this thing. This is crazy. Uh, and yeah, it looks like only one of them is going to get the slap on the wrist thus far. Psyop. Psyop. That's what it was. Fed. It's fed. Fed, fed, fed. That's right. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you very much, Ruckus, as always, brother. We look forward to chatting with you about it again tomorrow. Maybe maybe not about this, but about something tomorrow. You have a wonderful day, brother. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, okay, well, there you go. That's Ruckus. Um, okay, you're listening to State of the Nation and watching State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. We'll be right back after this. You should hear what Charlie Robinson is talking about. I think once we saw the supply chain issues uh, that happened during the COVID debacle, you go, well, that seems bad for the, you know, when you're fighting somebody for toilet paper, but it could be worse, right? It could be the last can of food. So people are starting to reevaluate and reassess their situations and their relationship with supply chains and the like. And I think what that does is it leads you to a place of saying, how can I make myself less dependent on the system? It's kind of hard to know where to start, right? Where would you suggest we even begin with this process? Yeah, it's funny you said that because someone said to me recently and it made me laugh that this is going to be the kind of collapse where the Burger King's still open. I, I think that's what's probably lulling people into a false sense of security in that everything when we go to the city kind of appears normal unless you're in one of those really crazy drug adult cities. But for most people, I would say, Charlie, it feels normal, but it ain't normal. <laughs> the world yeah. is not normal. It's completely gone off kilter. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me and I was trying to figure it out and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old. And it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. 
For more information, go to PragerU.com. Caution. You are about to have to hear today's news talk and the voice of freedom. That's what this country is all about. TNT Radio. Official data from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, the dreaded CDC, has revealed an alarming spike in fatal cancers among Americans who have received COVID mRNA injections. I love that we're not saying vaccines anymore, don't you? That's not a vaccine. Uh, The data shows that cancer, the leading cause of death in the United States, has been soaring over the past two years. However, the data shows a correlation between the rise in cancer and the public rollout of COVID mRNA shots. And the U.S. federal government's own official data confirms that the risk of developing cancer following COVID shots increases by a staggering, are you ready for this? Get your calculator out, 143,233%, okay? Charlene Bollinger, along with her husband, are the founders of The Truth About Cancer. She's an author and a documentary filmmaker. Charlene, welcome to State of the Nation. This, these are shocking numbers, even for those of us that have been paying attention, following the suddenly died phenomena, if you will, tragedy. And uh, but, but my goodness, those numbers. What have you learned and what can you tell us? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. And yes, shocking numbers, to say the least. And remember, these numbers from the uh, VAERS system, Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, is only between 1% to 10% of the actual numbers. And our own government tells us this, so this is a fact. And the reason for that is most people that are getting vaccine injuries don't know they're getting vaccine injuries. And also, the doctors don't like reporting these either. And so we have a big problem with knowing the real number. But even with that said, these numbers really are shocking. So when you stack the numbers of the vaccine um, injuries, and you're right, it's not a vaccine, it's a shot, it's a jab, it's a, it's not a vaccine by definition. But when you stack the numbers of injuries based on the COVID shots, and that's only in the last few years, and you stack them up next to all of the rest of the vaccines, this one is the worst and most deadly. As an example, the deaths that we have seen reported up until uh, recently have been almost 40,000. I think it's 36,000 right now based on this one vaccine. And all the rest of the vaccines, we only have 10,000 deaths. And the reporting started, I believe, in 1990 based on the um, 1986 Act, which gave the vaccine manufacturers liability-free license to make whatever they wanted. And if you died, too bad, so sad you can't sue them. So now they can make whatever they want. Well, they put all of this on steroids. And this this, um, latest COVID mRNA shot is so terrible that we, our good friend Joe Latipo down in Florida has recently said, don't take the shot. Go to his Twitter. We're reporting on this story. This is breaking right now. He said, he's been reporting for the last year. He said, if you're a man under 45, don't take the shot. The, the risk of myocarditis is greater than the risk of COVID. And then, you know, he, he first said the children shouldn't take the shot. Then the men under 45. Now it's nobody take the shot. Just don't take the shot. So we have someone in our government that is an integrous, honorable man telling us the truth. We've been saying this since 2020, and we were put on the disinformation dozen list because they wanted to be sure everybody took the shot. 
So they they strangulated our social media channels. They they colluded the legacy media together to shut us down with Bobby Kennedy and some other friends of mine. So we are in an antitrust lawsuit to shut them down. But the, the reason they did this was so that the average person wouldn't know the truth. They wouldn't have informed consent. They would believe what they're told by the mockingbird media and they go out and take the shot. And they did. And now we see cancer, turbo cancers on the rise, as well as so many other um, injuries from this one shot. Wow. Um, Charlene, hi, Steve Hook here. Um, hey, Steve. When, yeah, I must say, when Hesher read that number, 143,233%, I, I, I had to do a double take. I'm like, surely there's a, there's a decimal point in there somewhere. But no. Uh, this is this is uh, really frightening. Uh, I did take the shot because my job was on the line if I didn't take the shot. Now, you mentioned that they get zero liability coverage, and I know that that's true. Certainly, that was the that was the big incentive. That was the initiative. Uh, but if we find that they forged the data, if we find that they fudged their numbers and 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 didn't do due process, which we know they were kind of with, with the presidential rollout, it was like really done quickly. But isn't it true that if it's found out that they were BSing studies and they were covering it up, doesn't that vacate this non-liability clause? I mean, can't they say, hey, wait a minute, you, you get no, no liability, but if you lied, if you BSed everybody, guess what? That goes out the window. Uh, is there still a chance of that happening? Right. Yes, that's a great question. And that's what I've been trying to tell the world that um, that liability-free license to make whatever product they want and not be liable only goes so far. So when you're breaking the law and you're committing fraud and you are lying and you know that your product is going to kill people, you know your product is going to cause myocarditis, you know your product is going to cause heart attacks in little children, you know all of these things, but you roll it out anyways, that's mm -hmm. crime. That's criminal. And so, yes, absolutely, 100%. We're going after them. We know a lot of people who are gathering together. We we need to embolden people to uh, the ones, especially with the vaccine injuries, to take this to court. Um, we've got a, a lot of good attorneys. Tom Rents is a good friend of ours. Um, he's helped a lot of people take these cases to court. Um, they are not um, free from crime. And so that's what we see. Pfizer, we know that Pfizer uh, knew that their uh, sh these shots would not be safe. They would not be effective, that they would cause myocarditis and all of these other things. We've heard them testify before uh, government bodies. And so you're right. Uh, short answer, absolutely, they are accountable because they have committed crime. Yeah. yeah, and 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 it's not the first one. It's not the first time we've seen this in big pharma con companies. I mean, we had uh, what was that Bayer uh, back in the '80s um, releasing what they knew were uh, what was it tainted blood or tainted HIV medication? AIDS tainted blood. Yes, AIDS, AIDS tainted blood. blood, and they knew it. They knew, and it. they said, they "Well, we can't roll this out on Americans, so we're going to bring it to Europe," and they did right. it. Yeah, Knowing so that. it's not like there's no precedence for this. And Pfizer themselves also uh, the the recipient of the largest criminal case 
uh, ever in American history. And it's almost like history started in, in March of 2020 to a lot of Americans. And they were like, they didn't know these things. And they immediately trust the media, trust all these companies. And uh, that, I think, is where worn thin now. And that's why we're having this discussion, because we want to make sure that people understand what's going on. Um, Charlene Bollinger is our guest. The truth about cancer.com is the website. We have a headline inbound, Charlene, and when we come back, we'll pick up right where we left off, right here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk. What's happening? Newsflash. TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. The Ukrainian military will have the discretion to determine the use of missiles for HIMARS launchers supplied by the United States. Japan's Kyoto News has been reporting on the contentious Senkaku Islands highlighting the Chinese Communist Party's directive to the Chinese Coast Guard in late November last year to firmly uphold China's stance on the islands. A vessel carrying Tesla electric cars was redirected back to Shanghai, China, after being denied entry into Australia due to a biosecurity concern. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Now, Charlene, in your and your husband's work, do you come across a lot of viewers and new people, you know, listeners, people that read your website, people that comment who have no who had no idea about some of the things that we just mentioned um like what do you see this the starting point and sort of the dissonance for a lot of people when it comes to their full trust of uh big pharma and and big media well great question like with anything else when you're lied to for a long period of time and you're taught through um kindergarten and elementary school and on through to college who to listen to, who not to listen to, who to believe and who not to believe. You learn how to gather facts, memorize facts. Then you're programmed. And, you know, you turn on the TV, you're watching programs. They literally call it programs. So people are being programmed to believe a narrative. And so with the, the mainstream media and the news outlets, there were, was over a billion dollars funneled from the Biden administration through the CDC, through to these media uh, companies to peddle the COVID story. And Ty and I have millions of viewers of our movies that we make. We make movies, documentaries that help people to learn the truth so that they can live a long and vibrant life. And so the key is to reach these people that have been programmed and deprogram them with the truth. And so we were so successful with our films. In, in 2020, April of 2020, we released The Truth About Vaccines 2020. And in 2019, Ty and I decided to veer from the cancer topic and get into the vaccines because we knew that Healthy People 2020 in there, they wanted to take away our religious and philosophical opt-outs to vaccines. And by 2030, they want all of us updated on all of the vaccines on the schedule that children currently are mandated to take. So we knew that we needed to educate the world on vaccines, but little did we know that COVID was going to break out. So when this happened, and COVID broke out, we we um, <clears throat> were having to do voiceovers the, the hours before we released it to the world. This was a nine or 10 episode series that we had created. And it, the world was just busting out with super crazy. And so we're doing voiceovers, we're updating the information. It was such a storm of crazy, crazy. We did roundtables with Bobby Kennedy, Rasha Bittar, 
um, Del Bigtree, Dr. Sherry Timpetti, and other people that have been telling the truth with us for years. And we said in that those roundtables, and they're still up, you can watch them. We said that millions would die from the shot, don't take the shot. And people mocked us. They made fun of us. The mainstream um, news apparatus, which is not news, they're mockingbirds, um, they took us down. They put us on a hit list. Uh, the disinformation doesn't. And they took us down because our movie was so hot. It was viewed by millions of people, even around the censorship. And the reason it was so censored, um, and, but the reason it was so popular is at that time, people really wanted to know what was going on because they may have bought the lies for decades, but when COVID broke out, people knew something's fishy in Denmark, right? So they found our film, they watched it. And here's an example of the effect that we had on the population of people that did not know the truth, that were programmed to believe the lies, that didn't believe anything and would not listen to us up to this point. Someone took the time to watch our film because they wanted to know what was going on with this COVID and, and the vaccines and so forth. And here's her comment. Basically, she got onto our personal Facebook page that's Ty Charlene Bollinger. And we can't post much there now because you know they they censor everything. But at that time, we we I think posted a link to something that we one of the episodes. And the woman came in, and here's what she said. She said, you know, before I watched your film, I thought people that didn't get vaccinated were the most selfish people in the world. But now, after watching your film, I realized those people are the smartest people on earth. Thank you for your work. Keep it up. And you're saving lives. That's exactly why we do what we do, to wake people up to save their life, because people are dying. And based on this, this report we're talking about, let's put that number into context. That number was 143,000 people have... Um, or 103,000% rise on cancer, and you do the numbers, um, you look at the flu shot. The flu shot in the last 13 years only had, I think, 700 deaths. And and the, the amount of people that took that shot, I think, was 1.7 billion people, the flu shot. And this, this one shot in the last less than two years, we only have 600 million. Now, that's a big number. But even so, the um, with the flu shot, there was a very small number on all of those years, and it was a, or the flu shot was a smaller one, or the bigger one. I'm sorry, I don't have these numbers in front of me, but when you you look at the chart, the um, the flu shot, yeah, okay, so the flu shot from 2000 in the same time had 64 deaths, and the COVID 19 had two th or cancer reports 2,579. But that the flu shot had a lot more shots, is what I'm saying. So the 143,000 percent rise in cancer is shocking to say the least. Basically, this shot is attacking the reproductive organs. It's attacking the DNA. It has fragments of DNA, and the Moderna knew that this. DNA would cause cancer. They knew this. It's in their documents. It's in their patents. And Malone testified before uh, the government about these facts. And so when you ask, are they liable? Yes, they are, because they knew even in their patents, it says that those DNA fragments would cause cancer. They knew that this shot would cause cancer. And we've never seen any. And these shots are bad. Make no mistake, the, the, the vaccines as they are today are toxic, but 
they all pale, all together pale in comparison with this one shot. And they want everyone to take it. And they're rolling out more boosters. And they're saying that COVID's coming back and they're going to keep pushing this. And as long as people keep watching the mainstream news and they're not watching your show, we're going to have problems. That's why the viewers of this show really need to share this show with anybody and everybody that they love. People need to stop worrying about what people think about them. If they really care about their loved ones, they're going to start sharing this data. They're going to start sharing the alternative media, which is really the, the real media, the the. Fox or CNN or MSNBC or D, you know, whatever the channel is, they all took the money. And and I'm going to say it, and I, I better not say the network. There's a network that a lot of us love. They took the money too. This network did not take the money. This network is telling the truth. And, you know, we stand with TNT and we stand with you guys. And we need to keep doing this because as long as we keep doing this and we lock arms and we educate the population, and we bring the informed consent to them, we can shut down tyranny overnight. The only way that tyranny thrives is for us to agree with them, for us to give our power away to them, for us to say yes to their mandates. It's time to say no to all of it. Yeah. Yes. I know the network you're talking about. I'll do them a solid. I'm feeling generous today. I'm not going to name them. <laughs> uh, but uh, Charlene, we're just about out of time here. And uh, I sure appreciate you joining us. Steve does too. And I know you oh, out yeah. there viewing and listening appreciate this conversation as well because you've made it this far into it because you're a TNT viewer. And today's news talk is never, ever going to back down on this one. And uh, Charlene and Ty Bollinger will not either the truth about cancer.com is the website highly recommend that you're familiar over there bookmark it be there often and charlene we hope to talk to you again really soon thank you for all of your work god bless thank you god thank bless you, okay this is state of the nation at today's news talk when i had my heart event close to four years ago i was at the gym thought i deserve a coffee and thought i'll top up with fuel ordered a coffee but while I was pumping fuel I started to get chest pains then it got worse and worse and worse so then I was leaning on the counter thinking yeah something's not quite right so then I went to wait for the coffee and that's when it really really hit and Joy just you know mouthed do you need an ambulance and I remember nodding I wasn't even thinking about a heart attack I just thought something is seriously wrong with me here so when the cardiologist came to see me she informed me that I'd had what they call a widowmaker heart attack bit of a shock when someone says, you know, you nearly died. <laughs> Everybody should be aware of all the symptoms of a heart attack that women can have that aren't typical of the shoulder pain, the right arm pain. I go to the gym, I do yoga, Pilates, I swim, I go on bike rides, and yet I still had a heart attack. You just don't know it could be you. While serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small but they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life 
And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. The conversation continues with Brian McLean and Steve Hook at State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. Well, welcome back to State of the Nation. Uh, Question for you. Does science and religion have to be at war with one another? Well, they shouldn't be. But increasingly, today's left has abandoned all scripture, and they roll their collectivist eyes at the thought of organized religion. Secularism, of course, is the new hip fad for today's progressive left, and they've probably thrown the proverbial baby out with the bathwater here because sometimes science and religion actually tend to validate each other. Joining us now to discuss this is the founder and director of the Wonders Center near Nashville, Tennessee, David Reeves. David, hello. Welcome to State of the Nation. It's wonderful to have you on. Uh, tell us about the museum and, um, and, and, and the agenda here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, we are just about 35 minutes uh, right outside of downtown Nashville, just off of I-40, and we just opened. It's called the Wonders Center and Science Museum. You know, a lot of people, as you mentioned, say that, oh, you can't mix science and religion together. But uh, Dr. Werner von Braun, who was a brilliant scientist, sent men to the moon, was the leader of a government institution, NASA. Uh, He said a lot of people look at science and religion as antagonists. He said they're not. They're sisters. While science tries to better understand the creation around us, religion tries to better understand the creator. And I mean, the thing that he was pointing out was that you can't have creation without a creator. You can't have design without a designer. And yet all of these greatest scientists of all times who had faith in a creator have been shunned in recent time because it is supposedly uh, more politically correct to be an intellectual atheist these days. (laughs) Yes, that seems to be one of the uh, ricochet effects of the entire post-modernity realm that we're in right now and it also kind of holds hands with the decline of our culture oddly i would say you know my personal opinion and when i look at what's available at the wonders center you know um this this really does seem like something somewhat unique because you see sort of a similar thing oftentimes from from people that are you know strictly religious they don't want to talk about science if the science if they can't pin the science into what you know their their theology is but like you're pointing out here and, and you guys look at historical artifacts you 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 uh you focus on paleontology geology um the animal kingdom um and everything i noticed from microscopic anatomies to the macroscopic wonders of astronomy and live animals good call everyone loves live animals be they snakes or be they furry um how did you come up with this and 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 make it happen You know, when I was about 16 years old, I became passionate as a hobby uh, with taking astrophotography, photos through telescopes of deep sky objects. And while it was just a hobby at the time, uh, by the time I was 18 years old, I had gotten some really decent shots and formed a nonprofit uh, because I was so blown away with the beauty and the design throughout the universe that I said, well, why couldn't I share these photos, but also talk about design implies a designer? 
so I formed a nonprofit ministry at 18, uh, began speaking in churches and at conferences and things like that. And before long, I had the opportunity to uh, host a television program every week on TBN for about nine years. And I would interface with these brightest minds in science, whether it's PhDs in geology or biology or astrophysics or uh, you name the field. And I was learning all of these amazing things about science. And yet, throughout every new discovery in science, I found that it was pointing back to not just design, but to biblical accuracy, things that were actually mentioned thousands of years ago that the authors of the Bible, if it was just written by mere man, those authors shouldn't have known. So when, uh, when I started to produce videos and documentaries about the topic, one day it was my dream to be able to have something a little bit more for the public. And about a year and a half ago, I got the opportunity uh, to, to start a museum just outside of Nashville. Uh, it is a beautiful facility. It's the largest science museum in Tennessee, by the way, at over 100,000 square feet. And I'm looking through it. It had the television studios that I was looking for to continue the media side of the ministry. But it had this facility had all of these massive exhibit halls with all of this glass. It had a 60 foot full dome planetarium, which we've put approximately $2 million into the planetarium and brought it up to the top 10 in the world out of over 4,000 planetariums. And so I said, well, how could we make this extremely entertaining, extremely visual, but extremely educational? for visitors, whether it's uh, a family or adults or uh, a, a children's youth group, whatever it might be, how could we make it all three of those things? So the vision behind the museum, it started only in a year and a half ago, but it has since turned into reality and we are now open in the Nashville area. But there's some pretty incredible artifacts. We have full-size dinosaurs, a 55-foot-long Camarasaurus, a long-necked sauropod dinosaur greets you as you walk in to get your tickets in the rotunda, stretching its head up into the second story. You know, down in uh, biology, we have hands-on exhibits where you can play with bacteri bacterial flagellar motor models and see the complexity of these different uh, different elements that can be found within our bodies. Uh, if we step into the wonders of the animal kingdom uh, for Africa and Alaska, we have taxidermied animals that have been donated to our organization, and we've put them on display along with educational videos, plaques, uh, hands-on information that teaches you about the design of these animals. It's really a, a full-fledged experience. It sounds like it. I, I, first of all, um, first of all, how's business going for you? I, 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 once you open the doors, how's, how's that going for you? You know, we didn't know what to expect because I've never started a museum in my life. I had no idea what this was, what this was going to do, but we've been pleasantly surprised. Um, just in the couple of months we've been open, we've had uh, professors from Denmark University. We've had people from Bolivia, from Australia, from the UK. We've had, uh, you know, PhD scholars come in. We have had bus groups. Uh, this is kind of unusual. Mystery bus tours from all over the United States, Southern California, North Dakota, St. Louis, bussing in 50 people 
who don't even know that they're coming to this museum, right? This is a, this is a stop that was pre-planned by the bus companies. But these people who are on these mystery tours are absolutely in love with it as they leave. We've actually got a, wow. uh, a dinner theater in the basement with a full commercial kitchen. So we can provide extremely catered events where we'll provide dinner and a museum tour and then a planetarium show in, in the planetarium. So we've been pleasantly surprised with the response so far. So, oh, David, basically what you're saying is that if you build it, they will come and they're coming. <laughs> and they're coming. And we've done so far to speak of really no advertising. We just started uh, turning into that page. Uh, everything's been word of mouth so far. And uh, and now radio, television, everyone's picking up on it. And uh, we're so glad to see the response because a lot of these people are secularists. Like I said, you have, you have a group of 50 people from L.A., some of whom, you know, not only do they not want a thing about religion, but they're completely opposed to the idea. And then they go through the museum and they're seeing all of this science. It's science after science, fact after fact, new discovery after new discovery, and plus the hands-on children's activities and all of that. But then we do point out that all of these new discoveries are perfectly consistent with the biblical record. So in other words, if you have your option to choose between two alternating views, do we believe that the universe formed itself from nothing by itself, by accidental chance, or do we think that a creator could have been involved? Uh, most intellectuals are now having to admit that, well, hey, we, we do see these design components throughout nature that point to a designer. Now, while many are not willing to, to fully take that step, they're saying, well, design implies a designer, so maybe aliens, right? I mean, there are all kinds of ways you could take the design component. But what we find is that there's an historical record called the Holy Bible that actually told us about the origin of the universe. And it actually spells out several scientific elements of the universe. And even though it was written thousands of years ago, those are things that science is still confirming today. And I think that points back to, I'm a Christian, so I think that points back to my Christian worldview. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people could relate to that, too. You know, some people hold, like, I don't know, just pick one out of the hat. Like, they like the Navajos uh, stories of creation or something like that. So, you know, what you're providing here is a place where people can come together and discuss the origins of mankind as as a part of it, you know, and I think the origins of mankind might be one of the most um, potentially, I don't want to say contentious, but um, interesting and fiery conversations that must be had by the people that visit there. And, you know, we, we've seen so much broken science and old narratives that um, are, are still accepted, you know, for example, um, if you read about Darwin or uh, Louis Pasteur, uh, you'll find that in their later days, um, they, they, they sh probably should not be looked at as the pinnacles of science, even though they did good scientific work in many cases. And, and a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, the Big Bang happened. We have all the math for it. But they don't realize that there's a piece of faith involved in the Big Bang right. theory, which is that initial spark. There's no... There's no catalyst for it. There's, there's, it requires yeah. for one to believe in Big Bang Theory and expansion that they have faith in something, an event. 
Well, exactly. The point is, there is such a thing as science. There are raw facts, right? And we see those facts of the universe. But then there's always a faith element because the Big Bang Theory attempts to explain how time and space originated, right? But if we go back to the very first verse of the Bible, for instance, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you break that down, there, there are kind of three basic components of the universe spelled out right there. In the beginning would be the origin of time itself. And see, I would say that God's outside of time, right? So he created time. The origin of time can be found there. God created the heavens, there would be space, and the earth. Well, the earth's made out of matter. So not only does the first verse of the Bible explain the origin of time and space, but also the origin of the matter itself. And again, that's a mystery that astrophysicists have been trying to solve for several hundred years. But then you mentioned it just a moment ago, we're looking at an antiquated view of Charles Darwin. At a time when Charles Darwin was around, he's looking through a microscope, he sees cells, and he thinks they're simple bags of meat, right? <laughs> and these cells we now know are more complicated than an entire metropolis, right? One single cell. So we're looking up to putting a, a man on a pedestal that had this antiquated view of science, and yet we're still holding to some of those antiquated views of universal common descent, Darwinian evolution. Isn't it time we move on and see what scientific discoveries actually are pointing to? But because of peer pressure in academia, some people are saying, no, 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 uh, my professor before me believed in this, my professor before me believed in this, so I can't rock the boat. I think it's time we rock the boat because real science is being willing to look at where new discoveries are headed. I, th I think it's, I, that's a, it's such a great point, David. And the one thing that I always say to my secularist, atheist, agnostic type friends when they start talking about this uh, and they say, no, it can all be explained with science. I say, okay, great. Where did science come from, buddy? And th then they're lost. They're like, well, uh, duh, they're stumped. Where did the first atom come from? Uh, you're talking about intelligent design here, but as, as I look back on this historically, you know, there was a, there was time for hundreds of years, people thought that the walls of Jericho was probably just myth. And then lo and behold, we find Jericho. It just seems that every time uh, the, I'll call them the secularists, but the, but, but let's just say the non-faithful amongst us start saying, you can't prove this. You can't prove that. Well, give it 10 years. And all of a sudden, wham, bam, here we go again. We've just proved another biblical story, whether it's uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. We now know that, oh, guess what? There are two places that absolutely match that. Um, that's kind of that's kind of encouraging, I think. Uh, do you have people, you mentioned, David, that some folks come to this museum, come to your new museum, and they, they walk in seculars. Do, do, do some of them walk out saying, maybe I didn't get it right. Maybe this, <laughs> maybe I need to rethink. Yeah, in these few short months, we have already had, uh, you know, archaeologists come through and they browse, they peruse, they they come out and and I'll personally talk to some of the guests if I'm in town. And they're like, this is very curious. This is extremely interesting. We've got to think about some of this. We've had people come through who a few days later will will let us know, you know, they're like, we were our fate was really, really rocky. We were questioning everything. We used to be Christians, you know, we had this this worldview growing up and all of that. But after walking through the museum, our faith is so strengthened.
Now, here's what I'm going to say. As a Christian, I obviously also have faith. But my point is, it's not a blind faith. There is evidence all around us. And a lot of yeah. times we're missing some of that evidence. You mentioned archaeology a minute ago. In our hall, The Wonders of Archaeology and History, we actually have a jar handle, a pottery jar handle. David, I've got to cut it. you off right there. I apologize because <laughs> I want to get your website in, wondercenter.org. I'm sorry we're out of time. And davidreevesministries.org. Thank you for joining us on State of the Nation here.